Welcome back, listeners, once again. It is the 57th instalment of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 11th of April 2017, we are on Champions League night and we've got a whole host of fixtures in the upcoming FPL Game Week 10 to talk about to be precise. First of all, welcoming back our editor, it's the Iceman. Thanks Billy, welcome back yourself and how are you doing today? Um, I'm recovering from uh, last night. I've, I've got a bit of a headache. Uh, I'm a little bit traumatised from what happened at Selhurst Park, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, I've forgotten all about that, and I am up the pod. Up the podcast. And we're very lucky to have another great guest from social media with us once again, and actually a very high performer uh, in our Fancy Football Surgery podcast mini-league this season. He's got two teams. He's not cheating, he's assured us. Welcome, Mr Ian Houghton. Evening, chaps. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Do you want to tell the listeners a bit about your involvement with FPL, why you love it, why you loathe it, how you got involved with it in the first place? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm relatively new to FPL, to be honest. I've only played two full seasons. But I've played fancy American football for about 25 years. Ah. Um, and I hadn't played FPL until a couple of years ago, as I say. And then I joined the cast of Warhorse. I'm an actor by trade. Joined the cast of Warhorse in London and was asked if I wanted to join the, the Warhorse League. There's a league for sort of anyone that's ever been in Warhorse over all the years. So I thought, yeah, why not? Give it, give it a crack. Really hadn't got a clue, as evidenced by the fact I picked three West Ham players in my first team, I think. And uh, <laughs> sort of muddled through the first year. Got, I think, just under 400,000 by the end of the year. And then the second year, the penny finally dropped probably about halfway through the season and finished just underneath 250,000, which I was really, really chuffed about. I had a really good end of the season with Sanchez yeah. as the triple captain and then that yeah. the massive um, bench boost. And then this year, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I've got my, my main team's lying just under 7,000 and then I've yeah. <laughs> and then as you said I do have a second team which was supposed two to be the secret teams. second team yeah. two teams I know and that is just under 5,000 so um, wow. it, yeah it's it's going remarkably well so I'm hoping just to ride the wave to the end of the season now doing very well we'll look forward to hearing what's put you in that position I think anything under the top 10,000 is very very impressive indeed so first of all chaps let's uh, let's talk a bit about our teams and how we've got on on this game week the fixtures have come thick and fast recently we've we've had the luxury of you know weekend fixtures midweek fixtures and uh, another 10 fixtures coming up once again without the frustration of an international break or a cup weekend so um, Iceman first of all how do you get on in this game week Pretty disappointing for me, really. A pretty average of 62 overall, the average being 56. I had McCauley only playing that, what was it, 52 minutes or something. I had Valencia not playing. I think he was rested, got a knock. Um, I did make the tough decision of whether to go Ibrahimovic, and I didn't want to take out Aguero because I just thought he would score, which he did. And I took out Lukaku which is a nightmare of a decision when you think about it because he's at home but I just thought over the long run for these double game weeks I think Ibrahimovic is just going to score more and he only scored one one point less so I'm seeing that not as too much of a loss and I'm hoping even though Lukaku is going to be a major captain option this week that over the next few game weeks Ibra is going to actually score more than him so yeah I captained Aguero so he got the nine points not brilliant for me 
Yeah, I think that's a fair decision you've made around Ibrahimovic after uh, Lukaku went a little bit quiet for a couple of weeks, but back uh, with a vengeance this week. Um, Ian, what about yourself? Similar to Iceman, actually. Um, ended up with 66. I got done by the, the double withdrawals of Walker and Valencia, uh, which oh, essentially yeah. cost me, what, 10 points, I suppose, altogether, uh, with just Niam and Hollybass coming in as, as replacements. So that wasn't very good. Although I did, um, I shifted Foster out for Valdez just to prepare for the double game week and, uh, and shove Valdez in as the starter. So I got his shutout, which was quite handy. Went double Spurs mids a couple of weeks ago when I brought in Ali to, to match up with Eric after Mane got injured and obviously yeah. they both came through right um and captain Aguero and had Lukaku up front with him so they they were the main point scorers to to get us up to sort of a a not overly impressive this week 66 to be honest I see you've got Antonio, Antonio in your team and he's injured now yeah. isn't he what are you what are you plan on doing with him now to, to be honest I think it's the no-brainer move to Zaha I've, yeah. I've hung on to Antonio because as a West Ham fan he's he's clearly the best player on the team and they're a different team when he plays I held on to him while he was off sort of with these sniffles and what have you but watching him grab his hamstring the way he did at the weekend yeah, I think he's gone, he's he? probably gone for good now yeah, yeah. so uh, it it's, uh, I think uh, Wilfred's coming in to take fair his enough. place yeah, already for the double game week. Yeah, yeah, that's a great shout, and I think um, we're going to have lots to say on Crystal Palace after what they did to the uh, the Gunners last night. Well, to follow <laughs> follow that, I actually had a, a pretty decent game week, moved up the rankings a fair bit this week. I got eighty one points. I had Lukaku up front, so I kept the faith in him, Captain Aguero. Um, I've kept the faith of Hazard all season. He just keeps doing it. His consistency. And actually, his point ceiling, I'm noticing, is rising a lot more recently. So he's been great for me. I brought in Ali to replace Mane. Glad I did that. And, of course, Alonso coming up with the goods once again. I suppose a couple of the players, well, three players, really, which I've I've backed for a while. One of them slightly more obscure in their points this week. Joshua King, I do feel he is almost fixture-proof at the moment. He's got as good a chance to score against anyone as anybody else. And he came up with nine points Heaton in goal, again, just keeps doing an ice man. He was away against Middlesbrough, came up with a great return there. Yeah. And then um, the, the one that was a bit more bizarre was Nathaniel Klein, who came in with um, came in with five points. So I thought he was only going to get two, did nothing in the game and managed to uh, managed to get three bonus points. And I've still no idea why. I need to look at that BPS system. <laughs> yeah, so overall, very happy with the spread of points this week and uh, hopefully it set me up well for the uh, the coming game. Yeah, it, it goes to show when you hold on to that player Hazard, you've held him for quite a while. It does yeah, show that yeah. if you do just hold on to a player which has got great quality in them, they can come good and they he might be a season keeper for you now. Lots yeah, of him, maybe King. Like you hold on to these players and they come good. Yeah, and the form that Hazard's in as well. I mean, I think again, Chelsea look like they're they're stomping on towards the title. They're away at Manchester United, but I do think Hazard's a big game player, so I do fancy him for that one as well. Okay, well, let's just go through our top uh, eleven rather in the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast <laughs> mini league, and I say eleven because there we are. We've got Biggles wingmen who've fallen out of the top ten for the first time in a while. Only by three points, to be fair. And that's Patrick Houghton's uh, Biggles wingmen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be happy with that, though. You're still well and truly up there. Yeah, that's right. I think the main team are 18th as well. So two two in the top 20 is OK. Happy two chances. With OK. Well, you're still in with a chance of getting the Fancy Football Surgery podcast Saturday prep pack, which is uh, all coming together. So keep on fighting. Um <laughs> We've got another former guest, Mika, with FC Halo. They are in 10th place now. Good good week for him. Uh, we've got Banana Nose Maldonado, Matthew Greco, 
uh, in ninth place. We've got Stag in, Torre Kalleberg up into eighth. Kingings Mings, Darren Anthony Hoy is up into seventh. Ayu Fur Real, Mohammed Ismail dropping to sixth. Hart Dandruff Flakes, Tom Copping up into fifth place. Oh, Anticlante nice. United, Andreas Olander down to fourth. Abdullah Al Mamoun up to third place. I, I can't speak Arabic, so unfortunately I can't read out the team name. Paula Samadias, Paul Hagland in second place and still at the top. But uh, but losing a little bit of ground this week, only six points in it, and as FK with the bricklayers. Nice, yeah, he's doing doing well out there. I think um, Abdullah has actually got one hundred and three points this week. Strong score. Who's he got? In his yeah, we've team? had a couple, a couple of people getting uh, triple figures this week. So Abdullah, like you say, on one hundred and three. Kuda Godfrey, also a regular listener and uh, question for the pod with 101 so some decent scores in that top 10 yeah also in the month of april <clears throat> tom campbell who was a guest on here last week is actually third in the month of april scoring 90 points this week but top is actually brian carey with de bruyne carey who's top with uh, 235 points this month doing well up there yeah he must have jumped up the rankings a fair bit Okay, so last week we put out a poll at the end of the podcast looking at who you thought was going to be uh, the most fruitful player to select over the coming game weeks. And we had a Jamie Vardy versus Romelu Lukaku debate. Lukaku uh, won by an absolute landslide. 182 of you voting, 65% would have gone Lukaku over Vardy. And it turned out to be the right decision. Yeah, it's the same I got rid of him. <laughs> Yeah, so the Iceman <laughs> chose neither Vardy or Lukaku. He went with uh, Ibrahimovic, which actually turned out to be a decent shout. So, chaps, let's get into the uh, the business end of things. We've got 10 games to review, some decent fixtures coming up. We've got to keep in mind these double game weeks coming up as we head into that part of the season. First of all, we've got the 12.30 kickoff. Tottenham versus Bournemouth. Uh, Tottenham playing early once again. Iceman, who do you like in this one? Where do you see this going? Yeah, well, Spurs, they're still looking a really good team to me. I think their passing football is just coming on brilliantly, even without Kane. I know Kane's back now, so that does count for something. And he came on, he, he's, I think he's only missed three games, and he could have scored as soon as he came on, hit, hit the bar of a free kick. He showed what a great option he is again. His price has already risen. But I think he will start this next game. I know he's only just come back. I think he will start, but I'm just a bit concerned about the time that he's going to come off. So as soon as Tottenham go one or two nil up, which I'm sure they will against Bournemouth, because they just, you know, they they are leaky Bournemouth. I can't see him keeping a clean sheet here. Kane will probably go off at about like 60 minutes or so. He's owned by 10%, but he was informed before the injury. So yeah, I can see him starting. So if you are worried about that, I believe he will. Yeah, like I say, Tottenham do play great football and what a season Ali is having at the moment. Him and Son yeah. did do another cringe-worthy handshake though, which is just disgusting to watch. But uh, you've got to think, Ali's only 21 still. I think it was actually it was 21 uh, yesterday. The only thing is, in the last game, he wasn't involved so much in the point scoring, only scoring eight. But for me, I still think he's uh, a keeper for almost the rest of the season now. He's just such bargain at, um, what is he, 9.1 now? He's 9.2, so he's risen to 9.2. So at that price, I still think he's definitely worth the value, probably over the likes of Sanchez if you haven't got him already. Son is a difficult one for me, though. He He's obviously scoring well. He got two goals and assists in the last game. He hit the bar. I think he missed a one-on-one. He just seems to be on fire. It's whether or not he's going to start or not is the big question. Because Wanyama might be back. And I think it might be too risky bringing him in. Obviously, if you've got him, don't get rid of him for this game. Maybe the next game. But 
It just depends. I, I mean, if, if I was managing him, I'd definitely start him. But it's just difficult one with Tottenham probably needing to rotate a bit, you know, with the likes of Walker being benched. Obviously, everyone was hit by that, including you, Ian. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's disappointing whenever you're a player. Because I, I can't see anything wrong with Walker. I don't think he's injured or anything. I just think he was just... Trippy has just taken his spot for now. If If you've got him, it's going to be a bloody heartbreaker. But... Um, there are options for uh, Tottenham. I've brought in Davis this week because um, I just think he's going to play the next few and uh, I'm wild carding soon so I can take that risk that I think he's going to keep his spot for the next few. Um, but I do think Vertonghen's probably a good option here as well. I mean, he raced forward and tried to get a goal from nothing so he looks like he's he's eager to actually score. So maybe Vertonghen might be a, a bit of a punt going towards the Spurs defence and if you have got your wild card coming up I would say like Tottenham are great options to kind of invest in the only thing is this double game week in 34 kind of stops you from doing that but I think that uh, if you're wild carding soon maybe shove a load of Tottenham players in a lot of people are going for three at the moment I can definitely see why yeah I think that's a nice shout Ian how do you feel about this one I think definitely. I think three Spurs almost is a no-brainer now, to be honest with you. And it's really a question of whether you're brave enough to go three up top or keep that one guy at the back to get you the shutouts, which they have been doing. The only, as you said, I've got Walker, and now I'm really, really concerned the because Trippier played out of this world at the weekend. A, whether he gets back in, and if he gets back in, whether there's just going to be a constant rotation now. I got down Vertonghen as a great pointer. I think the fact that he's 0.7 cheaper than Alderweireld. He, he's the guy to go for in the centre of defence. And with the possibility of Rose coming back, the Tongan almost is the guy to go for in terms of price and guaranteed playing time. And I would tend to go with at least one Spurs defender. In the midfield, obviously, Ali's, I think, returned in six straight. Ericsson's returned in four out of the last six. And Son has returned in three straight. And it's very hard to pick between them. But as you say, it all depends um, on the formation that they're going to come out with, whether or not Son's going to keep his place. You would imagine Kane will slot straight in for Janssen and Son will play up with him. But then if they do go back to that three at the back... Yeah. Son may well get benched in the next couple of weeks. I think I think the fact that Bournemouth do play two up top, so I think it's likely Spurs might actually play that five at the back, because then that will take one of those midfield spots, won't it? So I think that Wanyama might come back in, and I think Son might, unfortunately... I, I don't know, he's just in such good form. How can you bench someone like that? Who's, it, you know, that's the thing, so isn't it? How can difficult. you sit a guy that's that's playing the way he is? That's the thing. It's I, just I, risky, I, personally, I personally think, Jim, I think you make a good point about... About Kane, with Son in the kind of form that he's in, um, Pochettino doesn't have to rush Kane back. So I, I can still see game time for Son with the way that he's playing at the moment. Yeah, I think you, you might be right. It just it's just so risky. And we had a we had a few questions on Tottenham, of course, because Tottenham are flying at the moment. They're they're playing the best in 2017 out of any team. Uh, Alex Ball at Alex Waterbaby put um, hello all. Thinking of selling Sanchez to fund Kane. Is it time to say goodbye to Alexis or is this fool's talk? So he's trying to fund Kane at the moment. Do you guys think it's a good option to bring Kane in this week? I would. If it, if I didn't already have three Spurs in my team, because I brought Ali in a couple of weeks ago when Mane went out, so now I've got Ali and Ericsson, 
I don't have the need necessarily to bring Kane in that quickly because I'm covered in terms of their attacking players. But certainly, if you've only got two Spurs in your team and you can accommodate um, Kane's value because he's going to go up and up and up. So you want to get in as quick as you can, ideally, in terms of price. He's definitely someone I would be targeting for this week if you have space. Yeah, Pete, what's your what's your thoughts on that one? I have to agree. I think you know they've got there's going to be goals there for them against Bournemouth. It's just a question of how many Bournemouth. Um, not not that great at the back this season. They're the informed team in the league. All their players are on form. I, I think you've got to accommodate him if you can. Yeah, yeah. We also had Intekhab Ahmed. Uh, but <laughs> he's always the name I'm uh, going to struggle to say. I have Ericsson, <laughs> Ali, and Davis in the team. Worth uh, to get Kane with a hit. See, is it worth a hit to bring Kane in? That's a big question as well. <sighs> I'm I'm not sure it's going to be. I mean, it depends who you get rid of. If you if you're taking a hit. I assume you've got loads of money available or you're going to get rid of like the likes of Aguero, which I, I disagree in getting rid of, or Lukaku or Ibra. Maybe Ibra playing against Chelsea, you can't see that many points there. Might be worth a, a switch to Ibra and then someone else out f- to bring Ibra back in. I don't know. It, it's dependent. I don't think it's worth a hit because there's no guarantee that Kane's going to get all the minutes and there's no guarantee he's going to score. So... I think it was too much of a risk to that. Uh, what are your thoughts, guys? I would agree in terms of not taking a hit, unless your team's in absolute desperate straits and, you're, and you want to take a gamble. But I think you said that chap that asked the question's already got triple Spurs coverage, so I yeah. definitely wouldn't take a hit in that instance, no. Yeah. Did, did he say he had Son and Ali or Ericsson and uh, Ali? He's got er- Ericsson, Ali and Davis in his team. I yeah, think no, he's s- all right with that, to be honest. Stan, any- yeah. I was going to say, for the sake of a minus four, anything, you take a minus four off Kane's score, the reality is one of those two is going to provide Kane with the assist. So actually, when you work it out, you'll probably be just as well off by the time he's put the ball in the back of the net. I would stick. Yeah, no, me too. Just a quick word on Bournemouth. I mean, if you've got King, you've got to keep him. It's just a matter of where he starts or not. I mean, you you say, uh, Bully, that he can score against anyone. Can he score against Spurs? Are we not reckoning a clean sheet here? I mean, he's got 10 and 11 now, King. So... Yeah, he's in great form. Yeah, I mean, it's, no, I see completely where you're coming from. But then we asked this question of him against Chelsea, and he's he's pulled out of the bag. So I just think when you've got a player who's in red hot form like that, playing well with confidence, he, at the end of the day, he's a cheap midfielder as a fourth or fifth option, depending on the formation you're playing. I don't think it's worth. It's a bad idea punting on him this week. Yeah, okay. We had a few other questions. I'm just going to whiz through these if we can just give quick answers to these ones. So, Seven Wonders FPL has put he's got Walker and Valencia causing him problems. Transfer them for double game week 34 players. Walker get his place back for the inform Trippier. I mean, it's a difficult one. We're, we're FPL players. We're not kind of mind readers, are we? Like, we don't know what's going through Potty's uh, head. But I think Walker's going to start. He's got a really... I know Trippier played really well in the last game. He got assists and he got a lot of praises on match of the day, I think. And he did look really good. Uh, it's just poor Walker. He's not done that anything wrong. So I can't see why he's not just going to play in this game. Yeah, I think the, the thing with Walker, I get the get the feeling when you look at the fixtures he's missed he's not playing two games in a week so you f- i'm figuring he's going to play this week which is why i'm not sort of shifting him out this week but i'm certainly looking to shift him out next week possibly for a middlesbrough defender for that double game week because they've got the cup game and then they've got a game in midweek i think i'm right in saying and the way it's been going i actually see walker getting sat for the next league game 
after this one. Yeah, no, I'm in agreement with that. Um, we also had another FPL advisor put, what do we think of Triple Spurs, Ali, Son and Kane, overkill or justifiable? I think it's justifiable. We've just gone through that. Uh, I think that Spurs are just in great form and is, you know try and get as many in as, as you can, in my opinion. Interesting. Any, any other questions from Twitter on this one, Iceman? Uh, no, not for this one. No, we're all done for this one. Some good shouts there then. So it sounds like we're very much pro-Tottenham this week. <laughs> well, moving on to another side that have uh, done a job on the North Londoners. We've got Crystal Palace taking on Leicester City. Uh, interesting fixture this one. Leicester falling foul to an inform Everton side up front. Palace with a great 3-0 victory against the Arsenal. Ian, do you want to kick us off on this one? Out. I mean, Zaha is the obvious guy. I mean, if you watch the game, obviously you guys watched the game last night. He was outstanding. He's got two double-figure hauls in the last three, and that's against Chelsea and against Arsenal. So, like we were saying about King, he's pretty much fixture-proof by the looks of it, and obviously a, a lock for the double game week. I mean, other guys, Townsend looked very good last night, but apparently he was seen in a walking boot after the game, which is a bit worrying. And Sacco looks absolutely amazing at the back but of course he doesn't get the double game week because they're playing Liverpool and, and obviously he can't play there and the only other guy I would really look at because I think outside Zaha they're all a bit flaky would be Hennessy at the back yeah. um, fixtures aren't great but he, there's always a chance of a, of a clean sheet the way they're playing at the moment and of, and of course save potential against the, the, the teams that they're playing yeah well I don't, I don't know Hennessy he's yeah, he's got that double game week coming up, and the fixtures around that double game week are better than like Valdez. If you're going to go Valdez, I think Hennessy's probably the better one because they've got Leicester and then Burnley after that double game week, and in the last six, he's actually got four clean sheets. So the defense is good. Obviously, Sacco is a key to that, and he's going to be out to the Liverpool game. It's probably they're probably not going to get a clean sheet against Liverpool. Let's you know not beat around the bush here. But he has averaged four save per game in those last six game weeks. So I would say mm. he's a great option to bring in. What is he? Four point three now? Is he? Yeah, he's certainly at the cheaper end of the goalies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it's a point. Good point you make about Townsend because I did a bit of research on him, and he actually. It's looked in good form in these last couple of games. I thought, you know, pace going forward yesterday, very, very impressive. Eight touches in the opposition box, three key chances created, some really nice bonus point system returns. Just it all depends on this uh, this leg injury. So I will be keeping a keen eye on Ben Dinnery for the uh, for the double game weeks. I think if you've got Zaha, he's absolutely one to field in this one. In terms of from a Leicester perspective, it's interesting because they did notch two again. Old Brighton, great shout from TC in the previous week coming yeah, in. It's just whether they can continue this run. They've got the Champions League coming up. I mean, you'd be, I think if you have any Leicester players, I still think Palace are, are vulnerable to conceding, even if they haven't against Arsenal. So, I don't, well, I don't know. If you, if you have a Leicester player, I'd probably field them. Well, they're, they're in form now, aren't they, Palace? Yeah, they've beaten Chelsea and Arsenal. They're on fire. Yeah, they, they are, but they are a bit Jekyll and Hyde. So, between that, you've had some dodgy results as well. So, I'm, I'm not convinced that they are the full package just yet, but yeah. I do I do take your point about them being in form. Yeah, the true thing is that Leicester will be focusing yeah. on that Champions League game, though, aren't they? They're probably going to rest some players. Uh, just, just a quick word on uh, Benteke. He did look very active against Arsenal. I know you brought him in, Bully. And yeah, I'm actually thinking of bringing them in for this double game week. It's a difficult one between Zaha and Benteke. For me, I'm I'm not going to go Townsend, but he is a differential shout. I, I can't bring Benteke in this week, but if I could, I, yeah, I definitely would. But I do think I'll be bringing them in for the double game week. Yeah, I, I did actually. I wasn't going to go back to Benteke, but then I looked at my options in the price bracket I had and kept in mind 
there's double game week coming up. I'm not wanting to take it, so I thought, oh, let's give him a punt. So yeah. I actually thought he did very, very well against Arsenal. Some lovely flick-ons. Yeah. Um, a real handful. Mustafi had an absolute nightmare against him. He did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Ian, anything you want to add to this fixture? Other well, than I, 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 I mean, certainly on the Benteke thing, I, I, I'm not necessarily bring him in for it, but if you've got him, obviously play him because Leicester look very flaky at the back still. I mean, they're their guys going forward are the ones you're going to invest in. I don't have a lot of faith in their defence, to be honest with you. And obviously Vardy has returned in six straight, and he's obviously a man on form. But I think it it could well depend on what happens midweek. If they get thumped midweek, they may go for a stronger side at the weekend to try and restore a bit of confidence. But if they're in that European tie still, then you could easily see some rotation creeping in. Yeah, yeah I think that's a great, that's a great shout. And, uh, and speaking of uh, European uh, tonight, in terms of shocks, Juventus have beaten you've uh, beaten Barcelona. So once again, Barcelona doing it the hard way. They'll probably come back in the second leg and smash about five in those. So, <laughs> yeah. chaps, let's move on to Everton versus Burnley. So um, it's the Romelu Lukaku show once again for Everton. On to twenty-three for the season. I actually think he's got a really decent chance of being one of the kind of in that group of players that includes the likes of Alan Shearer and Andy Cole to get 30 goals in a season. He's on 23 now, playing against Burnley, who have the best goalkeeper in the world playing for them in Tom Heaton. <laughs> um, the question is, though, the question is, do Everton represent value this week in spite of Heaton? Will the Lukaku show go on, Iceman? Oh, yes, it will, unfortunately, because I've just taken him out, uh, brought in Ibra, and uh, in a way, regretting it, in a way not. I'm hoping that he doesn't, but in my eyes, he, he's just got really you know they've seven straight home wins for Everton uh Lukaku is going to be the biggest caption option this week he scored in every home game in 2017 with a 51.8% goal involvement during the season yeah he's he's lightning at home I just think he's going to be the best captain options if you got him if you haven't like me I pray for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Burnley are uh, fourth for goals conceded in away games as well, so that's another big factor. Uh, the only thing is with Everton, though, I'm not liking the defence at the moment. If you've got Baines, I'll be looking at moving him out. I mean, a lot of people brought in Holgate, or they're wanting to bring in Holgate because he's like cheap at four mil, Pennington. I just wouldn't. Jags might be the one to go to with two in a week. For goal scoring, he might be the one, but for clean sheets, no, I can't really see any options there. I was just going to say a bit about um, Jags, just quickly. I mean, in the last game, some decent statistical returns in terms of the bonus point system. He picked up a couple of bonus points there. Six clearances, four duels, one, a couple of shots on goal as well. So the guy's doing it defensively and clearly a threat at the end of the pitch in terms of from corners. So as a differential defender, and, and you possibly fancy him to keep a clean sheet against the likes of Burnley with, because I, I still can't see too much in their attack. You know, they haven't scored against Middlesbrough at the end of the day. So, um, you know, potentially a good one defensively to go to. The only thing I would say is with Everton's injuries just recently, it has put a bit of a damp- dampener on their options in terms of clean sheets. Yeah. Ian, anyone to, to add to this? Um, well, to answer, I'd agree with you on the, on the defensive side because Burnley can't seem to score away from home so it's certainly a good bet this week but I wouldn't be necessarily bringing anyone in the the one guy that looked very very good um, in the game at the weekend was Morales the only problem with him of course is, is game time he doesn't yeah. seem to get a lot of game time but when he was on when he was on the pitch he looked very very impressive so he's a guy maybe to look out for um, but say not someone you'd bring in unless you literally had a, 
a clear slot. But Lukaku certainly is the guy. I mean, he, as you say, seven straight games he's scored, 12 goals in those seven games. And apart from Burnley at home this week, he's got West Ham next week and he always scores against us. So, um <laughs> <laughs> we're getting into um, in terms of a run. We're getting into Vardy territory here, aren't we? In terms of how regularly he's scoring. But yeah, I agree with you. I think he'd be someone that people are considering, like the Iceman's done. They're taking him out for Ibrahimovic. But just the uh, the games leading up to that double game, we could just irresistible for him at the moment. Very much so. Very much so. Okay, so chaps, that takes us on to a game. I'll be honest with you, this next one doesn't really interest me at all. It's Stoke at home against Hull City. <laughs> Hull are fighting for their lives. Stoke are on the beach. Uh, Hull losing 3-1 against Man City. I don't think that tells us too much about them, um, given City are improving form-wise. Uh, and in terms of Stoke going down 2-1 at home against Liverpool without much of a fight. I can't see too much value in this one. I mentioned Ranocchia a few weeks ago, and again, he, he notched. Having said that, you could argue there's a potential for a clean sheet there this week, but I certainly won't be rushing to bring in either players from, from these teams. And even if we were to say play them if you've got them, I doubt many people have Hull or Stoke players, but happy to be challenged, Iceman. Um, Grant, a lot of people are going to have Grant. The only thing is, Butland is coming back soon. So it might be a concern for all those Grant owners. Uh, but Stoke are in the worst form in the league at the moment. They're, they've lost their last four. So, yeah, no options for me. Either team, uh, not going forward. Yeah, closely followed by the Arsenal, I think, the way things are going. Uh, wise. <laughs> <laughs> and the only other thing to add... The only other thing to add, of course, about Stoke and Hull is ni- neither of them have got a double game week coming up, I don't think. Yeah. So, Stoke um, do have a, yeah. uh, a double game week uh, to come. Oh, do they? Yeah. But, uh, but certainly it. certainly not investing either team, yeah. yeah no. Oh, I may be wrong. <laughs> They're not in 34, are they? I may be wrong, yeah. It's, uh, then, no, I'm, I'm wrong. Apologies for that. That's all right. No, I, I, didn't think, I didn't think that. Yeah, they, yeah I don't think I... Because yeah, Stoke had the double when Man City had the double, didn't yeah. they? So uh, neither had double game weeks and therefore absolutely no interest, really, aside, <laughs> apart from Renokia, potentially. Yeah, I think we're staying, staying clear. I think we're um, in everyone's best interest. Let's not even watch this fixture. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of teams informed, chaps, we've got another absolute belter here. Sunderland at home... <laughs> against Ian's West Ham side. Now, Ian, because we've had himself, we've had Woodsy, we've had Tom Campbell, we've had J&O uh, all on the podcast. It seems to be a bit of a, a resident West Ham following. Uh, I'll let you kick us off on this one. Sunderland versus West Ham. Can you offer me anything from Slavin Bilic's army that would suggest they represent any value in it? Yeah. The... There's one and and one only and that that I would say is Andy Carroll. I mean I've I've got him and I'm likely to play him this week um, against Sunderland. The the trouble with with him obviously at the moment it's sort of possibly I think definitely or something he came out with that, that Carroll's going to play. So it's it's all up in the air with Carroll's injuries as always. The the trouble with with West Ham with with the the absence of Antonio that the threat could come from any one of about four different midfielders. So there's no one you can really hang your hat on. Snodgrass, AU, Lanzini, any of those could come up. So therefore, none of them really are worth investing in. That's the problem. And again, no double game week coming up. So Carroll, I think, has got his last hurrah this week. And then after that, I think West Ham sort of will drift away and not be worth investing in, to be honest, after this week. Um, do, you think, do you think West Ham are... I mean, they're on 36 points. So you're yeah. talking probably about a win and a draw and, and that you guaranteed safety. Do, yeah. do you think there's any kind of inclination to win this one just to put the nail in the you know the season to make sure you're there next season? Or do you think the team's generally just drifting towards the finish line? 
Um, I was, I was, I think, along with a lot of West Ham fans, very worried before the Swansea game at the weekend. That was a, a huge six-pointer, and to come out on the, the right end of that was was massive. Looking at our fixtures, they're not great as to, to round out the season, to be honest. Obviously, Sunderland this week. We've then got Everton, Spurs, Liverpool, and Burnley away in four of the last five. Really, only Stoke in there are, are what you would call a game that we would on current form expect to get any points out of so actually this week um, I know it's only Sunderland but again it's another six pointer we really need the three points so I think they'll go all out this week and then probably if they get the win you could easily see them coast into the finish yeah I think that the fight definitely looks gone in Sunderland nice man can you offer anyone from this fixture well the only thing is if you've got Pickford I would probably play him I can see him getting some safe points can't see him in keeping a clean sheet and uh, the likes of Lee Catamole is back and Anichibi so uh, Anichibi had a one-on-one she he could have scored obviously missed but I reckon Anichibi's probably due a goal in this one I know Sunderland are not scoring at all uh, they didn't get helped in the last game by Larson getting sent off. That was a bit of a slap in the face for Moyes. But they've got no goals since, I think it was mentioned last week by Tom Campbell, they've got no goals since going to New York, so I don't know what happened to him out there. Uh, It all seems to have have gone really dry. But no, no one for me, no one to invest for for me. No, Sam, I can't offer you too much from this one. Well, that takes us on to... All all I would say, just on that, with the West Ham defence, uh, Defoe, if you've got him, is possibly worth a punt this week. Only the fact that the clean sheet last week was West Ham's first clean sheet since week 21. Oh, um, and Sam Byram, who was a standout of the weekend, looks like he's potentially out. So it's going to be, again, a makeshift backline for West Ham. And I think they're probably vulnerable to a Defoe goal at some point. Sod it then. Yeah, I'll, West- I'll go each, each of you. Uh, and each of you. <laughs> Pull them in your team. <laughs> Yes, I'll take Aguero out for Iceman. We'll see how that one turns out. Um, Chaps, Watford versus Swansea. Obviously, Swansea going down to uh, West Ham over the weekend. Um, Watford getting absolutely smashed by Tottenham. So, morale is going to be absolutely sky high in both camps. Iceman, uh, first of all, do you see any value in either of these teams? Well, I've still got Siggy, and I think he suffered uh, with Lorente's absence. So I'm, I'm holding on to him. A lot of people are removing him. For this game, yeah, Watford got smashed in the last game, so they're going to be heads down. Uh, I think it might be a chance for Swansea, who's battling rele- relegation, Siggy to grab some points here. Oh, yeah, I'm keeping him in my team. It's all gone wrong for Swansea at the moment. They were on a good run. Now Palace are in form. They're kind of pulling away. So maybe, you know, it's about time Clement got them going again. And I reckon this game is probably the prime game to get him going. So for the likes of Siggy, I, I reckon hold on to him. Wouldn't necessarily bring him in. Uh, wouldn't bring in anyone from Swansea themselves or anyone from Watford. I can't see many points here. The the stats on Siggy, I think, to be honest, he's going to be this week. Um, in, well, four successive game week blanks for him. Ranked second for sales this week. So people are starting to can him. So you could argue that he's he's a differential option now he's only produced four shots as well and only created seven chances so if we look at when clement first came in he was on fire the form has definitely dipped so i agree with your point on lorente but in terms of the form guide um, sigurdsson doesn't look a great option at the moment so he's probably going to be my one to ship this week Ooh. ian 
Yeah, I'm hanging on to Siggy for one more week because, um, like Jim said, Lorente coming back, I think there's a chance against this makeshift Watford line, but certainly not bringing anyone in from either team because Watford's fixtures get a bit grim after this one on Holloway next week. They're awful. So uh, I think both teams are worth avoiding. Um, but yeah, hanging on to Siggy for one more week. Yeah, yeah. I think you can look at it from either perspective. And like you say there about Watford, very much on the beach, 37 points, seven games to go. Lovely jubbly job, uh, job done. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Um, Saints versus City uh, is an interesting fixture. Now, Saints, obviously, once again, keeping a clean sheet. I think it's a great result they got at the Hawthorns against West Brom over the weekend. And this kind of, you thought after they lost Fonte, it was all going to come crumbling down. But actually, uh, the likes of Yoshida and Stevens have stepped up beautifully and done a great job for them. Now, I'm not jumping to picking their players this week. The only thing it might influence me personally and my team is the decision to captain Aguero. Because with Saints being so good at the back at times, there's potentially, I think, a cap on his uh, his scoring ceiling this week. What, what are your thoughts on that, Ian? Um, I think there's every chance, although he hasn't been prolific, uh, but he has been getting the ones, and I fancy him to get one, but probably no more than that. As you say, Yoshida and Stevens have been fantastic, and at 4.3 and 4.1 respectively, they're absolute bargains for the the upcoming double game weeks that they've got, and I think they're brilliant make-weights when you're putting a wildcard team together, if you've still got your wildcard left. The guy that I'm very interested in is Gabbiadini. He's due back very shortly he was obviously prolific before he got his injury and it's it's slightly annoying that uh, the league have yet to announce the Southampton Arsenal game whether it's going to be week 35 or 36 and that's going to have a big influence about whether Gabbiadini comes in if it's week 35 Southampton have Hull at home and Arsenal at home now I really fancy Gabbiadini in those two games if it's week 36 it becomes Liverpool away and Arsenal at home and therefore it's not quite as attractive so it's sort of keep your ear to the ground if they actually get round to finally announcing the fixtures if it's 35 then Gabbiadini's a guy I would certainly be interested in as far as City I've got Aguero so I'm sticking with him I'm probably going to swap him out next week for Ibra but he'll be back in I think in my wildcard team even though uh, Jesus is back in training, I'm not quite sure how long away he is. He's the only slight concern there. But Man City have got a fantastic run from sort of week 35 onwards, and they're certainly worth investing in. Sterling looked great last time out with two assists. The only trouble with them is they're so stacked in midfield and they rotate so much, it's knowing who to really hang your hat on, yeah. um, apart from Aguero. That's the problem with them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people are thinking about getting rid of I Aguero said. now, so he he does look less effective at the moment when you're watching him from the eye, but over the last, I had a look at the stats thinking, oh, should I get rid of him, should I not? And then over the last four game weeks, I had a look, and uh, he's actually top for attempts on goal out of the strikers with 20, and joint top with Lukaku yeah. for goal scored. And he's the- scored five in the last six, as well so yeah. he's he's on form exactly and out of the big strikers that have played the last four game weeks he's top for goal involvement as well in 60 percent. so it just shows the stats are showing that he's doing well he's obviously getting a goal each game he's actually scored the same amount of goals than Drogba did and he's done it in 135 less games that's a good <laughs> stat to know about him just offhand just going to Southampton though I know you're giving um Stevens and Yoshida a shout which is definitely granted and they're really cheap so 
is probably really good options to bring in. The only thing is, West Brom did have 17 attempts in the last game, which was more than Southampton only on 10. And then in the game before, they actually conceded 17 attempts against uh, Crystal Palace as well. So shows that they are conceding attempts. They just seem to be, uh, you know, not letting in as many goals, you know, with a, a clean sheet in the last one. So I'd be wary of that when you do bring in these players. But you've got to take in mind they've got two double game weeks. And I am just going to quickly shout Tadic. I reckon he's going to surprise people this game week and I'm hoping for a big score from him because he hasn't done it for me yet and I'm hoping for it now. You're keeping Tadic. Just the, the only other player I'm going to purr over is uh, is David Silva. We keep mentioning him and uh, again, I'm not going to bring him in, but just every, it seems every kind of uh, social media and sports talk radio that I listen to at the moment is talking about the, the strings that he pulls for City and uh, no different in this uh, in this last game week. Fantastic again. What a player he is. Just another quick one. I do think, by the way, Silva's brilliant, but not an FPL option. Bravo, starting ahead of Cavalero, is a gutter for people that have yeah. just brought him in on their wild card. So if you're thinking any of City keepers, I, just, I would just stay away. And also, uh, last seven shots on target, he's conceded all seven. Bravo. Mad start there. He's just not a very good goalkeeper, is he? Yeah, he's just... Crap, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brutal. Well, plenty said on Saints versus Man City. Let's go back to the Hawthorns for the Sunday fixture. West Brom against Liverpool. Liverpool chasing hard for the top four now that Arsenal have fallen away. Uh, West Brom again mid-table, uh, losing against Saints, as we said last week. Ian, do you want to kick us off on this one? How's um, this one panning out? Yeah, sure. I mean, West Brom, I would avoid, to be honest. They haven't got a game in week 34 and they haven't kept a clean sheet at home since week 26. So, uh, sorry, week 24, I think it is. So you reckon Liverpool are good to score. And I, although Liverpool do always concede, it's difficult to know where the goal is going to come from, from, from West Brom. And I think there's gold in this game. One guy I've got my eye on just as a differential, because obviously you've got Coutinho and Firmino, who are the obviously both scored at the weekend. But Wijnaldum could be quite interesting. He's returned in four out of the last six. He's a million cheaper than the other two. And he's just a guy that if you've got a slot and with Liverpool's great run of fixtures, if you if you need a Liverpool mid and you haven't got the funds, certainly Wijnaldum is a guy to, to have a look at. You're only saying that because you've got that slot available and you want to use it and you want to go with Wijnaldum. <laughs> Don't don't try and fib me, Ian. I know you're fine. Uh, we banged to rights. Yeah. <laughs> it's true though. I, th- I think I think uh, Ronaldo might be. I mean, like if you've got your wild card, you've got to look at the next few game weeks as you can take some punts and like yeah, Ronaldo might be a great punt. He's got a shot in the last game, I think. <laughs> Let me just check his distri- distribution. He, he creates a few, I believe. He created one chance in the last game. Sorry, I'm downplaying this for you, Ian. <laughs> but I, I reckon right, that's fine. That's so, fine. someone like that might be a good punt. Can I just, I mean, just whilst you're looking at that stat, Iceman, just, I guess not from a stats perspective, but to, to praise Jürgen Klopp here, I think Alden quietly has done a fantastic job for Liverpool this season. He's chipped in with goals from midfield. He's covered at a time when the uh, the Brazilians maybe weren't firing and storage wasn't available. And he's just been a creative, kind of flexible option. I think he's been a great signing for them just quietly. And we're seeing it more statistically in the last few weeks. Yeah. yeah. 
And I think I've, I mean, I, Origi is interesting, but I think the fact that Sturridge got some playing time at the weekend, it really limits uh, Origi's upside as well. So if you, if you haven't already got him, <laughs> if you haven't already got him, it's too late, I think, on the Origi bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Sturridge replaced him at what was 68. But thing is with Origi, he didn't have those quality players behind him. So I think he became less effective when the likes of Coutinho, the likes of Firmino, even Lallana weren't so supplying him so he had nothing throughout the whole game they came on and then he had a decent chance so I'm hoping that if Coutinho and Firmino play that Origi's gonna start I'm hoping <laughs> and uh, hopefully get, get some <laughs> shots potential goals here he's he's not long in my team I only brought him in for a few games so on my wild card he, he's going yeah I mean at the start of the season the, the feeling was that Firmino and Coutinho were the absolute essentials in that Liverpool midfield but if you look at them Without Marnie and Alana, actually, those two have a huge influence on the way Liverpool play and their potential for goals. Um, I don't have exact stats, but I'm pretty confident with Marnie and uh, Alana in the side. Their attacking threat is is more significant. Um, just a word on, on Coutinho, who's been back in and on form in the last few weeks. I like the look of him. If you've got him, I, I would definitely play him in this one. Oh, yeah, definitely. And a quick note on West Brom, they do have a blank in game week 34, so keep that in mind. If you've got a load of West Brom players, start moving them out or have some We went some from being very pro-West Ham on this podcast and now actually uh, we were completely anti them, aren't we? We've gone the other West, way. West Brom, you mean? Did I say West Ham? You did, yeah. Well, both. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> we have gone the other way. Okay, chaps. Let's move on to the big game of the weekend. Manchester United play against Chelsea. Could be crucial for United's top four hopes. Really important for Chelsea. Well, to be fair, Chelsea can afford to lose this one. They'll still probably be okay for the title. But United in game week 34. The question is, if you're going to go for Ibrahimovic, do you stick or do you twist this week? For me, I probably wouldn't against Chelsea. I still think they look very, very solid at the back. Generally, Conte knows how to get the job done in the big games. I think, other than, of course, slipping up against Tottenham, I, I wouldn't actually swap to Ibrahimovic for the purpose of this game week alone. What are your thoughts, Iceman? Well, he can't stop scoring, though, Ibra. Um, only one again, though, but it was a quality goal he scored. He just seemed to just own the game when he comes on. You always know he's there. And I can see him getting a goal. Chelsea have not been as solid as they could have been. They've, I think it's eight game weeks without a clean sheet. It's just when they play their formation, because they've got those five at the back, uh, they've always got two kind of going forward so I think that kind of leaves them a little bit vulnerable and I do think United do create a lot of chances they just don't tend to score more and it does seem to be Ibra so maybe Ibra is going to get a goal in this game I don't know it's Chelsea are strong like you say and it is uh, is a tough one to call I've got him so I'm hoping that he's going to score obviously I'm not going to put my money on him scoring I have got him because he's he's got a double game week in that 34 so I'm always keeping that in mind yeah, what about you, Ian? What do you, how do you see this one going? Yeah, it's interesting with Ibra because, I mean, as you say, he's got good returns in in the two games he's been back. Um, and Chelsea, of course, haven't kept a clean sheet now in 10 straight games. And oh, so okay. you really fancy him to get one. Um, and similarly in the double game week, they're not great fixtures. Burnley away, Man City away. But again, he, he you'd fancy him for maybe one in each of those. So potentially not overly prolific but if you if you just want a good average i think he's a good guy to go for the 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 concern slightly is in defense for manchester united with valencia seeming to be the locked in defender but now having missed the last two games you wonder whether he's in for a rotation now and it looks like Bailly is possibly the best option at the back 
having played, I think, 90 minutes in six out of the last seven, he may now be the guy to invest in for the double game week rather than Valencia possibility. But um, as far as Chelsea are concerned, I mean, they're, they're going through Eden Hazard again, whereas other guys were getting the returns over a period of time. Hazard now seems to be the main man and, and everything's really going through him. Four double-figure returns out of the last seven game weeks or something. So uh, I think he's fantastic. Great fixtures from week 34 onwards, and I think he's an absolute essential in any wild cards later on. The, the one guy that might be interesting is Pedro, because he cooled off a little bit while Moses was out injured. Uh, but now Moses is back, Pedro might move upfield again, and he could suddenly come firing again. But I, to be honest, I don't see a lot of goals in this game. It could be nil-nil, one-nil, something like that. So not a great game, but you could gamble on a, on a clean sheet, I think. Yeah, it seems to be the theme of our discussions around United this season. We always lean more towards the clean sheet element rather than the striking uh, options, unless it's Ibrahimovic. Mm. Anyone else to, to add to that, Iceman? Uh, just a shout on De Gea had a minor knock and he should be back this next game. Lingard started a few now. Maybe if you're lagging behind, he might be worth a punt with these double game weeks coming up. Maybe not for this game, but after it. Uh, they did concede a few chances against Sunderland, so maybe bringing the likes of Bailly, I don't know. Uh, it's just, they are 21 games unbeaten now, just with nine draws, but they just didn't look that good against Sunderland, in my opinion. And this game might be a little bit more drab than we thought, because Chelsea, they've almost got the season one now. They may be starting to let go of the gas now. I don't know. Alonso just he's he's been the big question for the last few game weeks with whether to take him out or not. And then we got that attack and return from that free kick. But is that going to happen again? Who knows? And whether it would have benefited you more to bring in like a Spurs defender over those coming game weeks, it's that's that's the big question really. We had a question from Simon Garner who was on there before. Question for the next podcast after game week thirty one. Presuming Chelsea wrap up the league before game week 37 would it not be risky playing regular Chelsea players in their double game week that is the big question whether they are going to you know hold off steam and just not play as well and not go for it as much whether you want to bring in too many in your wild card for me I, I would wait nearer the time to actually make a decision on that but I wouldn't be flooding your team with Chelsea at the moment no not at the moment but certainly I would say guys like Hazard and Costa are probably likely to play through it's it seems to be the guys on the edges sort of Willian Pedro Fabregas Matic those guys who are rotating around and, and you could see different starters in those double game weeks but Hazard I don't know he just has the feel of a guy that's going to play or at least start every game even though he tends not to finish them he tends to play about 80 odd minutes doesn't he yeah it's good points so i was just raising just to make kind of the listeners aware okay a few things to ponder which takes us through to our final fixture on the monday night so once again back on the monday arsenal against middlesbrough middlesbrough uh, playing at home in this one ian as guest i'll let you finish us off for the uh, the 10 fixtures <laughs> Who do you like in this? Uh, in this, it's, going it's a fa- it's a fascinating game, isn't it? I mean, it is, uh, it? I mean the thing the thing with Middlesbrough's defence, they've played well. I mean, they've got two clean sheets out of the last three games. Admittedly, they were against Burnley and Swansea, and sort of Valdez Gibson may be pretty good for ga- for the double game week. It's a bit horrible after that, though. So I wouldn't overly invest in Middlesbrough players. Just have one or two potentially tops for that double game week. As far as are concerned, defensively, they just look atrocious. And it's going to do them a great 
favour this week that they're playing a team that can't score for, <laughs> for love nor money. Yeah. Um, and you feel, I mean, surely Wenger has to start Sanchez up top. When he was playing up front, Arsenal were prolific. Sanchez was prolific. They seem completely impotent with Welbeck up there. And so I think if you've got Sanchez, he's potentially worth keeping for a week and then if if Wenger still sticks him out there on the left-hand side then you know pretty much after that Palace game if he hasn't seen the light he's never going to so I'd hang on to him for another week similarly with Walcott I mean he, he although he hasn't looked overly impressive he does have an eye for goal and he's probably worth hanging on to just seeing how they go in this game on Monday night and if they're as bad on Monday night as they were last Monday, then the time is to wave goodbye, I think. Yeah, I, I think I, I totally agree with that. With Welbeck <clears throat> up top, Sanchez is becoming less and less of an option, really. But it's the fear factor if you sell him. Arsenal are capable of turning it around. I know you're all going to kind of groan and moan with me saying it because I'm an Arsenal fan. But Palace were just, they were on form, aren't they? They were an informed team. They were flooding Sanchez every time he got the ball. He only got one shot on target and created one chance so he was very limited in the game and I think Paris did really well to do that and as posted by Peter Blake on Twitter he does have the most touches in the final third more than any other midfielder over the last four game weeks so think about that when you're thinking about yeah. removing him he is, does get forward he does get a lot of the ball he is capable of doing it so if you're going to remove him you're always going to have that fear factor about hiding behind the sofa like we all do <laughs> and watching the player which you think is going to score loads of goals so I, yeah he's more than capable of doing it in my opinion yeah, I mean, just I'm not going to say too much on Arsenal. I agree with your sentiments, chaps, on uh, keeping invested. Some of you would have brought Walcott in in the previous week. I think he's worth sticking with. The only thing I would say is if you are, if you feel Arsenal are fully off the boil and you like the look of a Middlesbrough clean sheet, um, the only player I think about really would be Gibson, a regular performer for Middlesbrough all season, probably will feature in the double game week coming up twice as well. So if you want to start early planning for that and you, you fancy a Middlesbrough cleanie against Arsenal, he would be my shout. No, no, they're, they're ready to open the gates for Arsenal. Here comes Sanchez goal after you all ditch him. And, uh, yeah, they haven't beaten any of the current top 14 teams this season. And, oh, where was the stat? I had a stat here. Sorry, let me just find it. So, uh, Gusted, if he plays, he's on a run of 41 Premier League games without being on the win- winning team. Fewish- How close is that to Rodwell? Uh, <laughs> I can't remember now. To be honest, I'll have to. I'll have to go back at my other notes and check. Oh, you've got a long way to go to beat that one. Yeah, I, know. I think um, they have actually had the fewest <laughs> shots and fewest shots on target this season. If you've got an Arsenal defender, <laughs> maybe a clean sheet. That's a nice shout. I, I still, do, I still do not understand the logic of getting rid of a striker like Jordan Rhodes in the January transfer window, who's yeah, proven as a. As a Day, you know, season in, season out as a goal scorer, and bringing in Gested, who is a proven flop in the Premier League. That's still, I still don't understand that. But there we go. Yeah, just one more on Arsenal because you know I love Arsenal. They have got the double two double games coming up. Their fixtures aren't bad, really. You know, Middlesbrough, then Leicester. Then they've got Spurs, United, which they'll probably lose. And then uh, Stoke, Everton, Sunderland, Southampton. So all pretty good fixtures. So another more reasons to hold on to Alexis. Don't let him go because I don't want his price to drop again. Keep him, please. In, in our <laughs> I, admire, I admire your confidence. I admire your confidence. <laughs> in Wenger, we trust. Oh, that Chaps, that brings us to the, uh, to the end of all of the games. I think it's the time yeah. that uh, the Iceman needs to go and have a tinkle. Yeah, thanks very much. 
we're welcome back the Iceman from his uh, lights relief. And uh, actually, let's summarise the game week fixtures and who we came up with. So 10 fixtures from the top, Spurs versus Bournemouth. Um, it's all about the attack, really. The, the main names we were talking about who won't be in all of your teams at this point were Kane and Vertonghen. And we advise keep keep hold of King. Seems to be fixture-proof at the moment. Not a bad option as if the fourth or fifth midfielder this week. Palace versus Leicester. Uh, if you're starting to think about the double game week, Zaha looked fantastic and has done for a while now against Arsenal. Benteke also looked a handful. Uh, Jamie Vardy for Leicester will be the main one in terms of attacking options going forward. We don't see any clean sheets in this one necessarily, though. Everton versus Burnley. Lukaku is, of course, the man of the season so far in terms of goal scoring. Morales didn't look too bad as a differential option. And also, uh, if you like the look of a Everton clean sheet against a fairly blunt Burnley attack, then Jags could be your man. Stoke versus Hull, there was nothing. Uh, we then had Sunderland versus West Ham. Both sides not really offering too much up front. Defences could be an option, but Pickford, we thought, for Sunderland if you've got him. Also, you might fancy Defoe against a West Ham defence that aren't uh, great or consistent. If you've got Andy Carroll, he's probably the only one we're thinking from West Ham worth keeping and playing in this one. Watford versus Swansea. Again, not too many to shout. We're looking at the returning Lorente and there could be a potential for some returns from Siggy. Saints versus Man City. We're talking about Aguero as the main attacking option there. Uh, thinking forward, there was a discussion around Gabbiadini and the Iceman believes Tadic is going to return for him soon. West Brom against Liverpool. West Brom appear to be on the beach, so potential for Liverpool here. We like the look of, of uh, Wijnaldum as a differential option. And of course, the ever-improving and on-form Coutinho seems to be the man of the moment for them. United versus Chelsea. If you're starting to think about the double game weeks, by looking a decent and cheap option for United. Uh, and Ibrahimovic, it may be the week that you choose to turn to him. Uh, Chelsea, well, we're thinking keep their attacking players. If you've got Hazard, if you've got Costa, and there may be ums and ahs about Alonso, he still appears to be doing it. Finally, Borough versus Arsenal. For Middlesbrough, the only player we really shouted was the defensive options for the double game week. If you fancy them to keep out Arsenal with Gibson uh, or a Valdez keeper. But for Arsenal, we think if you've got Sanchez and Walcott, actually there could be some potential this week for a backlash from the Palace game. Um, so to field them. Nice sum up, Paul. Lovely. Have you got any Twitter questions for us? Actually, no, before we get to that, sorry, we have to uh, do the captain's choice. Ian, as the guest, we'll let you go first on this one. Who's your skipper for this week? Skipper for this week, um, I think it has to be a no-brainer because he's playing at home and he's playing against Burnley. It's got to be Lukaku. Lukaku, Iceman? No, don't don't put on Lukaku. You don't need... (laughs) Uh, Lukaku is clearly the best option. A lot of people might do a uh, punt on Kane if they bring him in. I've got Ali. Um, I'm between uh, Ali and Aguero. Maybe sticking on Aguero. Uh, it's between those two. I'm not fully decided yet. At the moment, it's on Ali. Yeah, I like that shout, Iceman. I think um, with the form of him, home against Bournemouth provides a great option. I do like the look of uh, Lukaku against Burnley as well. For me, it's between those two. I'm not as drawn to Aguero this week. I've got to put my hat somewhere, though, so I'm going to go with Lukaku. Mm. Just a a quick one. I think Sigurdsson might be an out-the-dark punt. That's outrageous. There are, there's no stats to support that. You know, much better. I thought so much more of you than that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Sanchez there. If he, if he turns up, Sigerson, I I'll look forward to to wiping that on your face. You can you can gloat it as long as you actually captain him yourself, though. No, no nearly points. No, not going to do that. No nearly points. It's not going to happen. 
<laughs> okay, well, let, let's get a look at social media then, Iceman. I believe you've got some more questions for us. Yeah, we've got loads of questions. Again, we've got FPL United. He has put, uh, wasn't that long ago we didn't have many forwards to choose from. Now we have too many. So who's the best yeah. three to have and why? And uh, would you go all out on Kane, Lukaku and Ibra or stick with having that one budget forward? So, um, Ian, I know you had some views on this one. Do you want to take the lead on this one? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, I mean, really, you've got your top five in terms of the big money guys, Ibra, Kane, Lukaku, Aguero and Costa. I think one way to try and, uh, and get an answer to that is, is asking if there's actually a viable regular starter in midfield who can supply those guys the goals certainly in the case of Ibrahimovic and Lukaku there's pretty much no one behind them that you can hang your hat on so those are the guys up front for their respective teams and they're on their own Aguero's got Silva De Bruyne Sterling Sane but they're all prone to rotation you can't really say there's one guy you would want to stick in your midfield and and rely on maybe Sterling so you then look at Kane and Costa, and obviously Kane has got, as we've already said, Ericsson, Ali. Son's probably going out of the picture, we think, but certainly Ericsson and Ali at the chief, or in that mid-price bracket. So you can maybe afford to go without Kane if you've got Ericsson, Ali, or both of them even in your midfield. And similarly again for Costa, if you've got Hazard or you've got your eye on Hazard, he really covers Costa very nicely, and, and if anything, he's more prolific than Costa. So, in a way, if you've got the funds, and I know they're all the top guys, maybe Ibra, Lukaku, and Aguero out of those three are the three to go with, as long as you've got Spurs mids and, and Hazard behind, you've then pretty much covered all the bases. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think it is difficult. You know, you are going to get down to just your opinion at the moment. I mean, you can bring off stats. I mean, Aguero, Ibrahimovic seems to have all the shooting stats under the sun, but Lukaku, he's in form for four goals in his last four so then Kane was informed before this as well it's, it is really difficult to choose for me if I was to choose and, and go all out I would go uh, Aguero like you just said Aguero Ibrahimovic and Lukaku at the moment but Kane I can see why you would bring him in over the likes of Lukaku or you also got to keep in, in mind that Lukaku over the period towards the end of the season is not going to score enough he's not going to score as many points as Kane, Ibra and Aguero because they've got that one extra game. So I think that counts towards them. So eventually you're going to be removing Lukaku anyway. I may have done it a a week early or a couple of weeks early, uh, get rid of Lukaku, but I think eventually you will. (laughs) The the only thing you've got to be wary of with Lukaku, because we're we're obviously talking about game week 37 is going to be that big double game week where you're thinking of, of ploughing on with those guys with the two games don't forget Lukaku is at home that week and he's playing Watford and we all know what happened with Kane and Ali last year and earlier on this year in double game week where they outscored a lot of the double game week guys Lukaku at home to Watford would you want to not have him in your team well, it's just the ceiling, isn't it? Like, there's there's more potential ceiling from a Ibrahimovic in two games than there is in Lukaku one game. It doesn't matter who he plays, the potential is more. So you're always wanting that potential than just that single game week. And it's 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 always going to be a risk that Lukaku's going to score more yeah. than a two-game yeah. game, but you've got to take it, haven't you? Well, there is that. The only thing is, like with those guys we were talking about, as we were saying earlier on, Ibra and Aguero 
and Costa tend to score in ones, or at least this season they've tended to score in ones. Lukaku and Kane, of course, have the potential to go big compared to the other three. That's the yeah. only other thing I'd throw in there. Yeah, Billy, what's your what's your point? Any anything to add on this one? Yeah, I've got a slightly different view in terms of in terms of the three. My my slightly different view would actually be Kane and Lukaku for exactly those reasons, their point ceiling. But um, I just don't see the United attack getting any better at the moment in terms of providing for Ibrahimovic. And I, I do still think Aguero, being a world class player, not that Ibra's not, can bang in a hat trick at any time. So purely from that value and the rest of his, uh, his fixtures for the rest of the season, I'm actually more pro-Aguero than I am Ibrahimovic. Controversial, I appreciate. but So that that's the three I would pick. Just the other thing, though, is I still think there's some really good quality midfielders out there. You've got Coutinho, Ali, Eriksen. You've got Hazard at Chelsea. You know, that they're, they're costing you a pretty penny, which I think makes it difficult to afford those three without sacrificing the gains you get off those. So I still think there's value in having um, a slightly more expensive midfield, two top strikers, and a slightly more budget one but that would be my three i'd go for okay on a um a personal basis to both of you which budget striker would it be i suppose it would be gavardini if he's depending on when his double game week's gonna fall it would for me yeah especially if that double game week falls in 35 um gavardini's the man because he's got two doubles and that 30 palace's fixtures don't don't light me up i have to say and i wouldn't to go for Benteke. Yeah. Um, Gabby Dini's the guy for me, I think. I mean, there, there are other options, but I think in terms of fixtures and the, the, the quantity <coughs> of fixtures, because he's, he's got two doubles coming up, but obviously he's got to prove he's fit, first of all, that's the thing. Yeah, Billy, what's your shout on that one? I mean, I'm, I, I guess I've committed to Benteke, so I would shout him. Um, I can see the reluctance and myself, I've been frustrated by in this season, but I am going to go for him with, with form and uh, fixtures at the moment. I do agree on Gabby Adini. I think if he's in, on form anything like what he was when he first signed, he'd be my, my banker. Yeah, okay. Um, had another question from uh, Mika Habakowski. He's put in uh, buy form players from teams that doesn't have anything to play for or get players from teams that have something to play for. Is is this in your thinking as well? Because it is in mine. I'm like, you know, when thinking about yeah, Swansea... Yeah, great, great question, great you know, question. When thinking about Swansea, I'm, I'm keeping hold of Siggy uh, because they've got something to play for. They're really trying to get out of this relegation. I think they got potential to do it and i think siggy may be a big catalyst for this what's your what's your opinion yeah um, I, I would tend to i would i would tend to agree because you always want teams that are playing for something and obviously if you can get the form guys on those teams then that's even better but you you certainly want teams that are playing for something you don't really want to be looking as we said uh, at the west Broms, the watfords the stokes because they they just seem to be lethargic or becoming lethargic whereas teams as we saw from Palace, sorry to rub it in, guys, but as we saw from Palace on Monday night, a team with something that a team that really has something to play for can just turn up out the blue and and put a performance like that on. Yeah, it's exactly the same as last year when you've got uh, the likes of Austin playing for QPR. Really pulled it out of the bag in a double game week as well. So mm. even though I think they still went down, but you know, it just you mean Saints? Uh, no, no, not last season. Sorry, the season before. Q- for, I don't think QPR in the league. Q- yeah. QPR. It was a couple of seasons ago. Sorry, where he pulled. Oh it out yeah, of that's the bag. yeah, and you had um, Ben Take at Villa, didn't you as well? Yeah. yeah so like those players were were really ones to go for. So who knows? Even Defoe might come into come into play again. 
Yeah. I guess I'll add to your sentiments. I'm looking at the, the teams that have something to play for. I still think there's um, a lot of fight left in that Middlesbrough defence. So having one of one of them in certainly would be a good option over potentially a top defender. Palace, as we've said, um, good investment. I, I am liking the form of Andros Townsend. I think it depends on because he, he did well at the end of last season as well. So I think it depends on his injury. Um, but no, I'd agree with that. I think a team that's uh, that's chasing Champions League uh, and looking to stay up is far more fruitful at the moment than you know your Leicester's, your Watford's, your Saints, your, your Burnley's mid-table. Yeah, 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 fair yeah. Enough. And in terms of fixtures, to be quite honest, um, when you're looking later on in the season, in terms of fixtures, the, the teams really looking at that fixture list: Man City, Chelsea, Spurs. You know, they're all teams that have got stuff to play for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So we had uh, another question from at Joby Jew has put which double game week players should we get for double game week thirty four? So you're looking at the options of uh, Middlesbrough defence in Gibson, and then the cheap options of Barragan. Uh, Zaha's obviously a good option with Benteke, and then you, you go to United with yeah Valencia. Now that he's not played the last two, is kind of you're worrying about. At it so whether you want to worry about if you haven't got him maybe not bring him in maybe bring in the likes of Bailly like Ian said earlier um, and then Ibrahimovic will probably be highly captained that week have you guys got anyone else to shout about bringing in for that double game yeah, yeah. Uh, to be honest you've covered every single guy that I would I would even look at so the, the worry about Ibra is not so much that I think he's going to go off because they're not particularly great fixtures but there is the worry that if you haven't got him and he and he does perform in those two games. You could drop a lot during yeah. the course of that double game week. So really, just bringing him in as as a protection is worth doing. I think. Yeah, he's he's going to be a massive captain option. Yeah, agreed. I think the only other player. Oh, sorry, yeah. Pete. come. Just because the only other player I mentioned we haven't talked about is Luke Shaw, and the reason I say that is because he's cut price, and I think this recent um, press hullabaloo with Mourinho is uh, is mind games for Mourinho. I think he's firmly United's best left back. Um, came up with some bonus points at the weekend and I, I fancy him to, to cement a place in Mourinho's side in, in spite of all of the, the criticism he's had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good shout. So risk, risk as long as he doesn't have to share the points with Mourinho because, of course, Mourinho is controlling him. <laughs> he's controlling his mind, yeah. <laughs> um, right, we had another one from uh, we had another one from Tom Campbell who was on last week. But, hi, guys. Would you say that Kane and Lukaku are both essential for Game Week 33? Well, I haven't got both and I'm not getting both. So I am worried. Are you guys going to have both of them or are you guys going to bring them in or have you got uh, both of them? No, I've got Lukaku, um, but I but I've got Ericsson and Ali in my midfield, so I figure I'm covered for this week at least on the Kane front. Yeah, I, I won't be getting Kane because I'm happy with who my strikers are playing against, but I, I absolutely have Lukaku, and I think you'd be mad not to have him this game. Yeah, week. yeah. If you haven't got him, you're oh, crazy. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, crazy. Crazy, crazy decision. Right. Uh, so we had uh, <laughs> another one from uh, Con- Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor FPLs. But when is a good time to plan for double game week thirty six? Well, this is a case of if you've got your wild card. Obviously, um, I've I've still got mine, so I'm you know not kind of planning for it yet. I've I've got in players like Sanchez, which I was expecting a, a massive haul recently, and I'm hoping that if I hold on to him, I can use him for that double game week as well, and the another double game week which should be announced soon. Um, so. I wouldn't necessarily bring in loads of players for Double Game Week 37 yet, but if you're looking at people that you want to keep for the rest of the season, for the likes of Ali, Sanchez, if he's in form, maybe not now, but those players, I would probably jump on them just before their price rises, but 
that's hoping that they're going to be fit and you know not injured and in form at that time as well but for me I'm, I'm waiting for my wild card which I'm going to play in either game week 35 or game week 36 it, it depends on when they fall what about you guys yeah I'm the same very much uh, hanging on to the wild card I'd, I'd always plan to play it in 36 so load up for the guys for the for, for the big uh, bench boost in 37 although say that once we know with this um, Southampton Arsenal fixture is going to be that may actually lead me to play it in 35 if that double game week is in 36 but yeah if you haven't got it I think you you do certainly need to be thinking about that double game week 37 already because obviously there's only five free transfers between now and then so you certainly need to have that in the back of your mind at least once we're past double game week 34 it needs to be absolutely in the front of every transfer you make I would have thought yeah, and if you don't know what those double game is going to be, uh, at Ben Krillin on Twitter, he always keeps everyone up to date. He's a really good uh, Twitter guy to follow, so follow him. Pete, any more further views on this one? I'm very similar to you. I'm saving me uh, my double game, my um, sorry, my wild card, and my bench boost for that double game week. Appreciate this time of the season as well. Players can be prone to injury, so I don't want to uh, commit too early and all of a sudden be left with uh, you know a squad shy 15 players. So very much holding on to it for now. Yeah, exactly. Um, We also had another quick two questions, so if you could just give me a one-word answer to these two. Uh, We've got at Rizla has put, uh, has Gilfie outstayed his welcome? Yes or no, Ian? No, one more week. (laughs) Bully? I'm going to go opposite. Yes, statistically inept. Oh, quick one. (laughs) (laughs) Don't fight you two. Andy Godland, uh, Goodland has put, who's more essential, Ali or Zlatan? Ian, who is more essential, Ali or Zlatan? Ali. Bully. I agree with Ian. Ali. And I'm going to go Ali. That's the end of the... Even even you can go against that one. (laughs) I just wanted to disagree. The second coming of Frank Lampard. You can't ignore that. It's just brilliant. 21 years old. Uh, But yeah, that's the end of uh, Twitter, Bully. Thanks for all your questions, guys. Really do appreciate them. Sorry if I missed any. I don't think I did, but sorry if I did. Fantastic. Well, that brings us to the end of another Fantasy Football Surgery podcast. We are right in the business end of the season. Plenty of double game weeks. Loads happening over the next few weeks. I want to say thank you very much to Ian joining us today. Ian? Thanks very much, guys. It's been fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Great to have you on board. I'm sure we'll have you on again at the podcast at some point in the future. Um, Thanks, guys. Yeah, cheers for coming on, Ian. Um, Also, we do have a a poll which is going up this week, uh, which I think I'm just going to do Sanchez in or out, whether you are actually keeping him, whether you're not. But yeah, thanks, Billy. Good luck in your game weeks, guys. Ian, just want to um, plug your Twitter feed. So if anybody has any questions for you about what you've said today or any advice for the future, how can they get hold of you? Certainly, yeah, no problem. It's uh, at FPL underscore Hortz. That's H-O-U-G-H-T-S. So uh, yeah, yeah. Any questions, chuck, chuck them in my direction be pleased to answer yeah if you're looking for an accident, oh yeah Ian, where can they get hold of you <laughs> yes i'm currently resting so uh any any work much appreciated uh, my website is uh ianhorton.info there's a lot of drama at the emirates at the moment i'm sure there's a role for you there <laughs> <laughs> there may be a job going there very shortly you never yeah, know a manager's job possibly <laughs> <laughs> definitely a defensive coach needed <laughs> Well, uh, if you've got any any questions or if you want to get in contact with the uh, the surgeons and uh, and our you know our previous co facilitators uh, who've been on Ian being one of them, first of all you can follow us on our website fantasyfootballsurgery.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. 
at Fancy Football Surgery. Um, if you just do the usual search on there, you can find us on Twitter at FF underscore surgery. That's where a lot of our online activity takes place. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. If you listen to us on iTunes, please give us a rating. Tell us what you think, good and bad. Any feedback is always welcomed. You can also email us, which the Iceman won't forgive me if I don't tell you. So if you'd like to email us, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. And you can also join the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast Mini League, 17603-6718. Beautiful. Lovely. All that's left is me to say goodbye. Thanks for listening, everybody, and good luck in your next game week. Was that all right? <laughs> Job done. That was lovely. Excellent. I think you came across really well. Oh, brilliant, man. Oh, good. Great lots lots of suggestions. Oh, well, fingers crossed that some of them come right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not putting any in my team, Ian, but, you know, great suggestions. No, 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 fair enough. Yeah, definitely not one out of them. <laughs> Do you know oh, what? After, after listening to you guys, because, as you know, I was... I was thinking about bringing in Kane on my second team, yeah. and it was sort of, do I get rid of Sanchez to en- enable bringing in Kane? I've don't got a funny it. feeling I might hold now for a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't do it. Yeah. And just, uh, <laughs> just, just play, play Sanchez in a rig. It was, as I was saying to you, often the best moves I've done this year are the ones I haven't done. Oh, nice. Yeah. And just, just sort of just sat pat and not, not done it and, uh, and, and banked the transfer, and I might well do that. Yeah, like now. So we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, awesome.